You're listening to School Crack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm your host, David Wolf, and I'm joined here by... Kieran and Alan. How's it going? Pretty, pretty good. That's a little tribute to Curb Your Enthusiasm, which has been back for like a month, and I'm enjoying it. Oh, really? I've literally never watched a second of that show. Oh, it's brilliant. You'd love it, actually. I think it'd very much be your type of thing. I recommend it very highly. Yeah, I've I've meant to watch it for like years. People speak so highly of it, but uh, never got around to it. Maybe I'll I'll do that as homework. Yeah, do it. Maybe other listeners could do it too, because it's a wonderful show. Uh, We are not sponsored by the Larry David Foundation, but um, maybe we could be. That would be pretty, that'd be the gravy train being sponsored by Larry David, to be honest. (laughs) Why would that be the gravy train? Because he's an incredibly rich man. Oh, okay. (laughs) He invented Seinfeld. What? Did he? Yeah, he co-created Seinfeld with Jerry Seinfeld and George Costanza is based on him in the show. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what he's originally made his money off. So Kurt and Curb, he plays himself. So like a lot of the time, like the Seinfeld actors do kind of guest roles as themselves in the show. Ah, uh, okay, cool. There's a whole there's a whole amazing season where they decide to do a Seinfeld reunion episode, and it's a big disaster. It's brilliant. Love it. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. His cast are explaining this from a fundamental you know perspective. Like this, this show's been on for like ten years, David. Yeah, I know. It's just like you don't know the premise. <laughs> It's just one of those things that's like a big gap in my in my pop culture knowledge. Not everyone can watch everything. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm the first person to to give out to people who are like, "What? You haven't seen this?" I'm like, "Yeah, fuck off." Yeah, know. it's it's you should definitely approach it for like it's when like people say, say they haven't seen The Wire and people are like, "Oh, geez, oh my god, you poor thing, <laughs> It's like, no, that's not going to make them want to watch the good thing. Be encouraging and tell them why it's worth their time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, my, my my parents recently discovered uh, Frasier, and I was over there during the day, and they're like, Alan, you have to watch this show. It's so good. Oh, and they're showing me, like, obviously, I've seen Frasier those times, and they're like, all right, so the two of them are brothers, right? Now, he <laughs> fancies her, but she, and it was, a, it was wonderful having it all explained in first principles. You should have said, well, actually, you guys need to watch this show. Cheers. <laughs> in fairness, they, they actually had discovered Cheers right before this, so... Uh, they, they found bizarre, bizarre thing to discover in the year of our Lord 2020. Yeah, exactly. The, the last time I was out, they're they all watching uh, Everyone Loves Raymond. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I'm not quite as on board this one as I was with Frasier. Your family live in some kind of weird alternate <laughs> universe where sitcoms come out 20 years late. I mean, they're all on TV. They're all on Paramount or whatever show. Channel. Oh, yeah. Fair, fair. Those, what those tubey TVs have on them. I haven't watched one in a long time. Yeah, like the, I was just gonna say, do, have your, did your parents like skip the nineties and early two thousands? Uh, well, yeah, I guess they're bringing me up, so yeah, I guess so. I suppose, yeah, yeah. You're such a handful; they couldn't take half an hour <laughs> off in the evenings to watch comedy. <laughs> like God damn, Fiona, I just want to watch Frasier. <laughs> that is very cute, though. That they were like, you have to watch this show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well. uh... And to be fair, to be fair, Fraser started in nineteen ninety three, so I'm a little bit concerned about how late you were wearing nappies all. At this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, wait, when were you born? Al? you were born in nineteen ninety, were you? Eighty nine, eighty nine. Oh, eighty nine. Okay. Yeah, four year old wearing nappies. That's normal, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose I would have been five, so I would have been ripped out of it in school. 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> well, uh, we've got plenty of magic stuff to talk about today, so we won't uh, we won't start our Fraser spin-off podcast yet. Uh, and uh, so, what what do we have to talk about today? We have we have jumpstart. That's an exciting. That's a word. That's a. It's already a mechanic in magic. This it's kind of weird that it's a it's a product now. Uh, we have DreamHack Anaheim. We have uh, Players Tour formats announced. We have a tournament report from me from a WPNQ, and that's all the things we have. Love it. Yes. Oh, so man, much. So much magic. Yeah. Oh yeah. The more I think about it, it's jumpstart thing. The more I realize that these creative teams must have no communication with each other. But, um, so it's like, wait, what? That's a mechanic name. We wanted this for our special set. It's a terrible name. Yeah. <laughs> for, a, for a for a product, Jumpstart. It's really bad. It's like it's a product name, but it's also kind of like a, a set name almost. Like this is kind of a set. I think this. It is sounds a- like a separate game. It doesn't sound like something you, in Magic: The Gathering. Like it sounds like a separate property entirely to me. Yeah. It's weird. It's very odd naming convention and product in general. Like I suppose one of the strengths of Magic is that it is like it is kind of already lots of different games, or it's, it's it's a number of different games that you can play um, in the one. Yeah, you, have, you have real Magic and you have Commander. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a GP and a Magic Press you got inside the Command Zone and outside the Command Zone. Exactly. Let me tell you, the Command Zone—that's where it goes down. That it's wild over there. Oh yeah. Man, I got to shout out again to the people in Brussels. Who that was the first time I saw a command zone at a GP, and uh, we got in at like before nine a.m. for to get in for the main event or whatever. And we get in, and the, there's like four tables full of people playing Commander at like half eight in the morning. That's dedication to playing Commander right there. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll never know that that much dedication. So fair play to those people. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, running jokes of whenever anyone made this play. In a game, or didn't know what a card was. Say, oh, go back to the command zone. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Well, what what is Jumpstart? It's a it's a new booster product. It's I guess kind of aimed at new players. Um, and it's basically a whole set themed around themes. Is the is the thing? So each. Uh, well, it's not a it's not a set, right? It's like a. Well, I guess it is a set. It's like it's kind of like a cross between. It's like doing sealed with team boosters. So team boosters has 20 cards or yeah, team boosters I think are the same. I think team boosters maybe have 30 cards or something like that. But anyway, the, these ones have 20 cards and there's like 121 lists of cards. Um so there's like a lot of potential cards in this set. Uh similar kind of to mystery boosters and there are 46 possible themes. Some of them are rarer than others. Um, and examples of teams would be like uh, tribal teams, so like cats, goblins, I assume elves. Uh, there's a couple that are like confirmed and stuff. And then Drazi. there were some some other weird uh, themes as well. Like what was one of the weird ones? Unicorns. That one. Yeah. Not that weird. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm absolutely losing it over here. I thought it helped by you know silently googling MTG Jumpstart to try and get some input to help. With that description, and uh, while you're reading, what I read was Jumpstart is a keyword ability on instance and sorcery set of play. <laughs> yes, uh, oh, yeah. So, one, one of the other weird themes is is Doctor or Garrick. Yeah, I mean, I guess like some strange things like Doctor let them have, I guess, some freedom in terms of what that means, like life gain. Is that what Doctor is, probably, yeah, 
Ghostbusters encounters? Uh, there's almost 500 reprints. It, it is adding 37 new cards, and the cards are, you know, they're going to be similar to the uh, the Commander decks. They'll be legal in Legacy, Vintage, and Commander, not Standard, Pioneer, or Modern. Uh, it shares a lot of cards with Core Set 2021. Uh, do, do, do. Oh, it has a basic land with art that matches the pack's theme, so there'd be like a goblin mountain, uh, but only one basic land. But then it's weird to me that they're for new players, we think, but you can't use the cool new cards in standard. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's for new players in that it appeals in the same way as a theme booster where you're like, oh, well, I want to build a red deck, so I'm just going to buy a couple of red theme boosters. Um, or I want to build a red-green deck, so I'm going to buy red and green theme boosters, and then I can just shove them together, and I know that I have, like, just... I'm not getting any extraneous cards that I don't need. Um, and then Jumpstart is the same, because you're like, well, I want to build a goblin deck. Although I guess the themes are randomized in the boosters, so you actually don't know what the theme is until you open it. So that's weird. Yeah, it's just weird to me that, like, they're, it's like 120 of the cards or whatever are from... M21, so they will be standard legal, so that's good for new players, but then some of the other cards won't be standard legal. It seems like it'd be better to just make them all standard legal, unless they're putting some weird busted reprints in here for value. Yeah, and then they're also having a pre-release as well, so a pre the pre-release is going to be, you'll just get two boosters, and then you just make a deck. So you just put you just put all the cards in your deck, just that's 40 cards, done. Well, I guess, no, you need to put lands, so, <laughs> so you have to select your, your best, it's, like, it's kind of like a like a baby sealed. Yeah, and there's no prizes. Yeah. Uh, you can get a promo, and you get the promo just by playing matches. You don't actually have to win anything. Yeah. Weird. Sounds, sounds like my kind of magic. And it's going to be the same weekend as M21 pre-release. So I guess it's something you can do like in between rounds and stuff. That's kind of cool. Okay, yeah. That makes it more appealing, yeah. There's also... They're also planning to bring it to Arena, and the cards are going to be legal and historic. They're just going book wild with Historic. They just don't give a crap about Historic, I think, which is fine. Just just let it sit there and maybe eventually it'll mutate into something good. Yeah, I mean, nobody cares about it. Yeah, Historic is like my new folder, open bracket, one close bracket on my desktop. It's like, things go in there. I don't want, I don't want to look at extra stuff. Just put it in there. What about new folder two? That's where all the good shit is at. <laughs> don't, go into, don't go into new folder two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, in fairness, I, I was very critical of this. Of this, uh, I guess a lot of people were very critical of this product uh, when it's first names. But then, I suppose, kind of back when I was just getting into Magic, something that me and my friend used to do would, would be uh, we go, we go to like we just go to Gamers World, we buy six packs each of uh, of basically we buy a sealed pool each of the latest set and just like, go to the pub and play like that. So I, I guess a product like this would really appeal to players who were who kind of have that level of engagement, kind of just like kind of getting into it or kind of just getting getting a feel for building decks. Um, but then, like I guess, yeah, it does have all the downsides you guys mentioned in terms of yeah, you can't play, you can't take the cards would really help you build a standard deck, or it won't really help you. Um, then I don't know. Sorry, did you say how many how many cards are in a booster? Twenty. So the idea is you just buy two packs, mash them together, and you have a deck because they come with lands as some of the cards as well. Okay, yeah. So I guess like, you'll be doing like a little bit of like you know, it, it'd be, this will be the majority of your pool. I guess will be will be played. So you're probably not doing much in the way of like learning how to deck build. No, there's no deck building. I think it's, yeah, I do think it's cool. Like, this is something I could see if I wanted to just hang out for 20 minutes in the shop. If I called in one evening, I could just convince someone to to play Jumpstart with me or whatever, and I'd be happy to, to spend a tenner on it or, or whatever. Or if there was like a new, you know the thing where like a new player comes into a shop and wants to learn how to play Magic, and at the moment there's no real way 
to have someone sit down with them and play magic a lot of the time you know what i mean it's like i'd be happy to show to play some jumpstart and you know then the new player gets a, a couple of cards to like start their collection and can just play with someone for for a while so that sounds good yeah that, that's fair yeah and then I, mean, I suppose if there are any high value cards in this then yeah i can definitely see myself just being you know maximum generous degeneracy and uh doing this a lot for just a quick quick hits of adrenaline but in fact i mean you go for pike out yeah yes well, you, but you can't make piles of three with only 20 cards. You make piles of uh, four, I guess. I mean, Although there are like seven lands or something per pack, right? So No, no, I don't think there's lands. There's one land. There are. No, it says lands are reprints, identical to basic lands we've seen before. However, each theme will have one unique basic land. Yeah, so one. Yeah. In... Yeah, but they're not reprints. It says the lands are reprints, identical to basic lands we've seen before. However... You'll also get one unique basic land, i.e. a goblin theme pack, which will be unique and not available anywhere else. So you get one new basic land and then other reprinted basic lands in the packs. Well, but the actual the actual page, the actual page on the Wizards website says every pack includes one basic land with art that matches the pack's theme. So I don't know if that means one of the basic lands in the pack and there are more than that than one, or there is one land in the pack and it matches the theme. But it literally says, grab two boosters, shuffle them together, and you're ready to go. Yeah. Which is a 40-card deck. So I'm pretty sure they do have lands in them. Well, then, how, how, then does that mean that every, every, every deck is going to be two color decks? One color is going to be in each booster? It says that some of the themes are multicolor, but most are monocolor. Yeah, I think it makes more sense to me if you build your mana base separately. Because, like, will two decks, will, if there are some monocolor and some multicolor decks, will they always match together like that perfectly? Yeah, I doubt it. Well, yeah, like the goblins will have like the goblins pack will have like seven mountains in it, and like the merfolk pack will have seven islands in it. So you'll be good to go, I think. Okay. I mean, I I don't think it's clear that that is what's happening, um, because then it's a twenty card. It's not really a twenty card pack anymore. It's it's a it actually has less cards in it than fewer cards in it than a real pack because each thing would have to have seven lands. Yeah, yeah I think that's what's happening. Yeah. I don't think it is. I think there's just one land. Because it says here, every pack includes one basic land with art that matches the pack's theme. Yeah, which is true. But then I believe there are also other basic lands in the pack. It's kind of ambiguous. I mean, this, this is a level of land that go down. When someone says uh, 9 out of 10 dentists recommend this two-paste, what that really means is 10 out of 10 dentists recommend two-paste because two-paste is good. But out of those 10, nine do. Ooh, true, yeah. Like a car has three wheels. It also has four wheels, but the statement that car has three wheels is correct. So it's very tricky. These are these are arguments I get into at work all the time. You've absolutely blown my mind. Yeah, so we could we could spend a long time reading into the intention of uh, what this text was meant to say. Um, I suppose we'll see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll all be eagerly cracking our jumpstart boosters on uh, when is this coming out? June twentieth. That's my birthday. Wait, June twentieth. Oh yeah. Oh, and then the release date is July third, which is the M twenty one pre release. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so pre-release for Jumpstart is is separate from the from the M twenty one pre-release. That's good. Okay, well I'm definitely not going to that then. Or <laughs> <laughs> your local game store. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm definitely going to it. Yeah, it, the the product seems very like pack warsy. It's it's cool to see them doing something different. Um, this product not particularly for me, but just a bit of fun, I guess. I like it. It's good. Yeah, I mean I, I have no problem with it. I'm ambivalent. What what's the the best theme you could imagine? Because they they didn't give a list of all the themes. Reserved list cards. 
<laughs> That'd be a good team, yeah. Tight. That's I think like one one in three one in three boosters have an extra rare. So reserve list cards, that's it. That's good. You get them. There's no foils as well, which is weird for like a new player product. New players get excited about foils. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, obviously, there are like internal metrics and information and feedback and and stuff like that that cause them to make these kind of decisions. And I have no idea what piece of information could tell them not to put foils in this. Yeah, maybe it's just that it made the print runs like way simpler since they already wanted they they need a lot of the cards in the packs to kind of be the same or similar or whatever. Well, no, they they are the same. Like when you get a team, there there's 121 20 card lists. So the lists of cards are actually mm. set. Right. Yeah. 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 So I guess that's why there's no foils. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Okay. Jumpstart. I'm excited. Oh, walls. That's a that's a theme. Oh, that's so boring. Pirate. They're, they're trying to hype up unicorns being unicorns. Everyone's like, yeah, I want a unicorn one. I mean, like, have there been any exciting unicorns in Magic? Arcana Sun's Grace. Standard superstar. That's not, not a unicorn. Oh, yeah. yeah, same thing. No, that, that, I don't think there's... There is there is definitely at least one standard legal unicorn. Um, Do you know what it is? No, I know there's the Bestow Unicorn from Taros. That was pretty good. There's an Adventure Unicorn. Is there? Oh, inspiring. There's um, the one from Gills. Well, there's been a lot of Gills recently. Plus one, plus one, plus one, all creatures. Oh, is that the the 2-2? Two, two? Yeah. Or 2 yeah, inspiring Unicorn. The Lonesome Unicorn is in Throne of Eldraine. It's an adventure card. Oh, it's the one that like makes a 2-2 two, two or something? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. Unicorns is a, an interesting theme. I don't, pe- people go mad for that. Like you saw how rabid people were for the cat's secret lair. It's the same appeal. All right. Well, I'm going to batter about these and uh, jumpstart it anyway when it comes out. Okay. Fair enough. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, Dreamhack. Yeah, Dreamhack Anaheim, where kind of quietly one of the biggest Magic tournaments of the year happened. Yeah, absolutely insane. Winner, $30,000 and an invite to the Mythic Invitational. Not the Players Tour. The Mythic Invitational, which carries... I don't know, what the what's the minimum prize? It's like something like $7,000 or something like that. Yeah, so this is like bigger than winning a GP, bigger than winning like an individual Pro Tour, I think. Uh, Definitely than an individual Players Tour, yeah. Players Tour, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, like a regional Players Tour. Pretty ridiculous. Um, and they had... 94 players. Yep. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yep. So, it was a very, very good field, to be fair. We had uh, Shuhei Nakamura was in there. We had Jim Davis was in there. Uh, Jabberwocky was playing in that. Um, It was won by Aaron Gertler, Little Beep, who is this month, and I think the last one or two months in a row, has has been the number one Mythic ranked player on Arena. Uh, he took it down with with Teamer Adventures. Uh, then in second place, you had Zapgaze, who is the number two ranked player on Arena currently at the moment. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, that's that's absurd. That's yeah. And then in th- and then get this right in third place. In third place, you had Perks Alert. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's on Twitter on Azorius Control. And in fourth place, you had Alan Wu. Alan Wu is number one on the MTG ELO project right now, and Perks Alert, uh, Aaron Bursevich is the name, is number two on the MTG ELO project. So that's a pretty stacked top four. 
yeah, that's pretty good. So, yeah, pretty insane. So, yeah, Little Beep, uh, what's his name again? Aaron Girdler took it down for 30k with Teamer Adventures. Second place, we had Jeskai Fires. Third and fourth place, we had Blue White Control. And then if you go down through the top 16, you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of Blue White Control, uh, a couple more Fires, and then one or two other decks. Um, and, yeah, basically, the story of the tournament to me was just watching Little Beep, Aaron Girdler play, and just absolutely dominate everyone in his path like i knew the guy was good I'd, I'd watched his stream a little bit previously and i looked at his like stats that he put up before the tournament of his uh his like win rates with his teamer clover deck and mythic where like this month i believe he had he was 15-0 against blue white control and had like almost as ridiculous stats against like all the other popular decks the guy just absolutely crushes it at, uh, on mythic ladder it's like absolutely unbelievable and at first, I was like, "How can you can't just like beat Blue White Control best deck in standard like as if it's nothing?" I watched him play against it, I think twice on the stream, and it was like he made it look like an absolute complete joke. Like he made it look like he could just never lose the matchup. Like it was it was unbelievable, and he I'd really go recommend going back and watching his games because he just like clearly was such a master of his deck, and in every single matchup, he was. He, he just took so many games that looked absolutely unwinnable and then he would just like win them two turns later by by like getting the exact right card from the sideboard with fave wishes and stuff like that and and just and just grinding people out with value like he he's he's really just like a, a pretty incredible player it seems like he's also written up like three or four different guides on or spikes about the deck over the last couple months uh which are worth checking out he's basically written like a little a little bible about teamer clover by this point so it's it's like one of the best examples i think in recent years of someone just like sticking with the deck and absolutely mastering it and like tailoring it for a meta game and just being absolutely rewarded you really don't see that much these days you see most of the time people hopping around to the best deck week by week it's very rare you see someone get so paid off by just learning the ins and outs of a standard deck yeah it is unusual but this this deck is like a wish based deck as well so i guess it has a lot of customizability yeah for sure for sure so yeah, so here's the metagame breakdown. Um, out of 94 decks, you have 27 Azorius Control for almost 30% of the metagame. Uh, Jesco Fires, 21% of the metagame. Mono Red was 18%. And then you're down to like Jund, Food at 4%, uh, Simic at 4%. And then you have Teamer Adventures, 3 decks, 3% of the metagame. Teamer Reclamation, 3 decks. And then 2, two Bant Ramp, 2 Esper Control, 2 Gruel Aggro, 2 Jeskai Walkers. And then eight other singleton decks that aren't listed. But yeah, so considering that there are only three teamer adventures decks in the entire tournament, uh, this guy is just he just he just destroyed everyone, just took everyone down. He won the tournament from winner's bracket uh in the in the top sixteen, didn't uh, didn't didn't lose in the top sixteen. Just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. this kind of narrative we yeah, we don't like you said, like we don't see this kind of thing all that often that one person shows up, uh yeah, with a with a pet deck they've they've fine tuned and uh, absolutely destroys. This is what I like to see. Yeah, it was really great. He did say like, um, uh, like they, he, you know, he got lucky in terms of avoiding bad matchups. Not too many people brought Teamer Reclamation, which he said wasn't great. Not too many people brought uh, like Jund Food, which he said is a bad matchup. So he was he, like, they they interviewed him afterwards, and you know, the interviewers and he were quick to point out this deck is not like broken. It doesn't beat everything in standard. It just, you know. I will say for this tournament, you know, it attacked the metagame very well. But then again, this guy has been Mythic number one ranked for like two months with the deck. So obviously he's just on a different level with the deck, even when it's not good against the meta, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. So like it's for anyone who doesn't uh, just uh, just for anyone who doesn't know how the deck works, it's basically a, an adventure deck. So you have four t- four uh, Lucky Clover and four Edgewall Innkeeper, and then you're playing all the good adventure cards. So you're playing Beanstalk Giant, uh, Brazen Borrower, Bone Crusher Giant, um, and Fay of Wishes. Um, and like basically it just grinds your opponent out for value you're either getting free copied spells with teamer with lucky clover or you're drawing extra cards with innkeeper and sorry you play um uh, uh, love struck beast as well uh and then basically you go into the mid game and at that point you usually have a lucky clover on board and you can start using fey of wishes to get multiple cards at a time from your sideboard and you either just use that to bury your opponent with like removal or counter spells if you're ahead or you can you know, equalize by like getting a six mana Chandra and like slamming that on the board. And even after that point, usually it's also playing three escape to the wilds in the main and one in the sideboard. So you've usually ramped so much with the beanstalk giants and, and stuff like that, that eventually you just play an escape to the wilds. And when you do that on arena, it's like the entire bottom of your screen is just filled with cards from like the cards in your hand, the ones from the escape to the wild and the ones that are on adventure. It can actually be quite difficult to like click on the right card because you just have access to so many resources. Yeah. When, when you are able to cast the, what's the adventure part of Beanstalk Giant? Uh, fertile footsteps. Yeah. When you're able to cast that one with a clover out or even two clovers, then like escapes the wilds very rapidly just becomes literal just draw five or whatever it is yeah and and ramps you because you play an extra land that turn as well and the thing is that the deck from playing it myself in the last couple days the deck just never runs out of stuff to do with the extra mana because of the fey of wishes like in a normal ramp deck after you've ramped out you know at a certain point you're just top decking if they deal with your threats but like after you ramp out, you play a couple of threats, they deal with them, and then you just wish for three more threats at once from your sideboard. Like, no deck can compete with you in terms of the pure mana generation and the amount of spells that that you're you're drawing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I have played the like, deck a little bit myself. I, I found it quite hard to play. I was not winning against Blue Eye Control, and I was very frustrated. Um, but I I think that the deck... I, I played it like last the whatever the first time that he posted his primer on horse bikes. Um I hopped on and tried playing it and I've I've tried it a little bit every time since and I think it is a really hard deck to play. So you can obviously see the clear payoff that he's had by as you say, being this master of the deck, someone who's who's really refined it and, and learned the play patterns and stuff like that. Like I, you know, just jumping into it, I did not know what to wish for in any given situation. I always found myself like wishing for something and then like my opponent would just easily counter it or like take it out of my hand with a thought erasure or whatever it was. Um, so knowing what to wish for and what spots is, is going to be important as well. Yeah, definitely. I've, uh, I also had trouble with that. Um, it's, it's quite funny on his Twitter. I was looking for advice on how to sideboard and he basically just said, keep it as light as possible in games that are going to go longer. You want to basically not sideboard at all because it's just better to have access to your, to your wish board basically um against monored i was just taking out all three main deck escape to the wilds for three aethergust um which i think is something you suggested wolf and i was pretty happy with that just because you know by the time you need to cast an escape to the wilds against monored you can probably wish for it and, and do it and it's fine um but yeah against most other matchups i just wasn't doing anything at all like even against matchups where like the negate and the disdainful stroke in the board are good i was still fine to just leave them in the board most of the time i was just like oh, i'll just get them when i need them yeah the only thing that i would maybe consider otherwise is like against 
to fairy decks, you might want to bring in the negate just so you can have it. I don't know, it randomly draw it in your hand. But even then, I don't think Teferi is like that much of a problem for you, really. Like you play mostly on your own turn, so yeah, maybe just not sideboard at all, probably. Yeah, I think Teferi is not really a problem at all because you generate a lot of early one ones to attack Teferi with the Lovestruck Beast and with the Edge Wall Innkeeper. Um, and against that deck, you're happy to just Bone Crusher Giant stomp it as well because usually there aren't really other targets that you care about. So you just have a lot of cheap ways to deal with Teferi. Um, so yeah, I don't think you even need to really worry about it. How does the deck beat Dream Trawler? I found Dream Trawler to be hard to beat. Yeah, I think you sometimes just don't care about it. Like sometimes your board is just enormous and you can just like, you have so much mana that you can just like block with a Fae of Wishes and bounce it back to your hand every turn. Um, I think that might be one of the reasons why he has the Shadow Spear in the sideboard is to to like make them spend cards and then you can make it lose hexproof when you're trying to kill it or something like that. Generally I've found like I'm I'm just really far ahead even even when they have the dream trawler out like I just have in the instances where they have a dream trawler out I usually have a bunch of like love struck piece some one ones and and bone crusher giants and stuff on the board and I'm just like sure I'll just race. Okay. Um one one thing that I yeah. can't remember where I saw this it was on Twitter or Reddit or something but one person had entrancing liar to deal with Dream Trawler, which is expensive, but does the job. And if they ever get mm. it just stays tapped forever. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I think one other thing is that like a lot of the time in the late game against it, you're you're gonna have Brazen Borrower in your hand, um, with like multiple lucky clovers out. So you can just bounce like three other things and make Dream Trawler like one of the things. And then you're not down a card, like they're down a card basically in that interaction. Yeah. And like every time you're tapping it, it's like an attack for you as well. So I think you mostly just try and ignore it, to be honest, because your life total should be pretty high in the Dream Trawler matchups. Like more against Blue White than against Bant. And I have seen a lot more people playing Bant um, recently now on the ladder, I think because it's it's a better matchup against Team or Clover. Like like Nissa is definitely a card that you you have more trouble fighting against. Um, and like Crisis, uh, as well as Crisis. So yeah, I think, I think that might be the direction the Blue White players start to go just go into a kind of greedier bant shell mm. yeah i have seen a lot of that a lot of that bant uh cropping up on the ladder uh what uh what was the coverage like at the at the dream hack event i have to say it was very very good so they had uh martin yuza and i can't remember his name but he was very good guy with a big beard on the desk with yuza <laughs> that sounds terrible um uh they had maria uh on the on the desk as well she was very good and I can't remember if they had another set of commentators or if it was if it was just Yuzo and that dude. But but overall, I thought the uh, the commentary was was very good. The production was pretty slick, although they had this like annoying instrumental kind of classical music on during a lot of the stream that I just found very distracting. And I was like, why are they playing this music the whole time? Uh, but that's that's very minor. Um, they had they had cool little innovations like. Uh, so it was the usual like arena setup, right? Where you're seeing it from one player's point of view and then you can see the other player's hand at the top. But they also had like a little setup. So when the other player was like scrying or something with like Omen of the Sea, they would open the little picture in picture. So you could you could also see what the opponent was uh, was scrying. So they had access to like to that feed as well. And, and it was pretty slick, I gotta say. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was definitely one of the smoother broadcasts i've seen my only negative would be there were a lot of ad breaks like uh between on the in the top 16 between each match there were there was like a six minute ad break and then it would 
go to a brief like back to the desk thing for like 30 seconds and then there would be another three minute ad break and then the match would start so that kind of got me like uh, looking away and switching to other streams a lot and then i would i would miss the start of matches just because the breaks were so long and they didn't have any you know little video things or whatever it was just like a timer when the breaks were on but at least you knew when it was coming back i guess yeah that's that's the type of thing that hopefully gets ironed out or um gets filled somehow so i i guess that's something that's easily fixable um yeah definitely um yeah i hope i hope the tournament was enough of a success for them that they'll they'll do it again at the next big dream hack event with with a substantial prize pool again like during the stream it was on the official magic twitch page but i think for most of the stream even in the top 16 near the finals i think there were only about four thousand viewers on the stream but that did seem like an honest number uh unlike maybe some other magic streams we've seen in the past where you know, I don't think this is like spoiling anything, but like it looks like the numbers have been kind of inflated. They've maybe been paying to to bump the numbers up a little bit with bots or or whatever. Um, so if you have four thousand actual viewers watching for like an entire day, I don't know. Hopefully that's good enough. Yeah, that I, I mean, hopefully I I don't know. Was there any limiting factor to how many players could join this event, or like is there a reason that it was so small? I think it was just kind of badly advertised and. I mean, it was like a physical event. You had to be there, right? But it was in it was in sort of pretty pretty um, like easily accessible city in in California. I think it's like pretty near LA, right? And I'm I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think maybe I think maybe just bad advertising, to be honest. Yeah, I, I did hear that you also had to bring your own like machine, your own setup. Yeah, yeah. The top sixteen were playing on sort of a. You know, on the on setups that the that the event had, I think, but okay. yeah, but I mean, that's just a laptop, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, but it, but you, yeah, you need a laptop, so a lot of people might like. I'm not, I'm like, if I obviously don't live in America, but I wouldn't have uh, brought my desktop computer on like a flight or whatever to go to that tournament. No, to play Magic. But you know, sometimes people don't have they like they like before I went to Vietnam, I didn't have a laptop at all, and certainly wouldn't have considered buying one that was good enough to reliably play games at a you know at a good clip um of any sort i know arena is maybe not the most demanding game but although it, it does actually demand a fair bit but uh i mean yeah some people might not have laptops and they just use desktops or whatever but yeah it probably shouldn't be a hugely limiting factor most people do have them nowadays um but yeah it would be nice to see this event repeated in europe because i know that they do there are lots of dreamhack events in europe Yep, definitely. It started here, and uh, yeah, I just, I, as I, we've said before in the podcast, but like, just great to see more big tournaments that you know, obviously Wizards stream this event, but they're not like directly the the hosts of, and it seems like other big companies and tournament organizers and stuff like that are getting into the world of uh of Magic tournaments. So it just seems very good for everybody. Yeah, this is great because I, I know I feel like a long time ago people this is something that people said would never happen to Magic before. This is like before Arena Arena that um you know. Before Arena, it was never in anyone's it was never in anyone's interest, in many people's interests, to host a big one-off match tournament because you know it's kind of hard to get you know advertisers, you know, and advertisers, you know, what are you going to get? You're going to get like you know Ultra Guard or some things to advertise towards people to help them play match card game. Whereas now, uh, yeah, so I guess it's you know, something that's inherent uh, with the esports is yeah now we can just have big massive one-off events that are sponsored by you know laptops or uh, hardware companies or all or all this kind of stuff that uh, I guess just makes this a viable thing to do. Uh, whereas obviously this something that would never have happened you know, even five years ago yeah or exactly this. monster energy was one of the sponsors and i tell you i was watching that stream i was like god i want a monster right now <laughs> i don't think i've ever wanted a monster but uh 
Maybe I should have watched this. I should have watched that stream. Yeah, I watched. Oh, man, I'm, I'm all about the the like juicy mango ones, like tropical mango ones that have like 60 grams of sugar per can. So good. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched uh, a clip of um, Aaron Aaron Gertler winning, and it was really funny that at the end, like just where the monitors were placed, like at the end around the little trophy. It was just like four or five cans of monster just huddled around the trophy. It was really weird. Yeah, they got to be visible. One of my one of my friends has a great story about that. Who uh, his friend is like a like a fairly well known DJ, and uh, I think a, a beer company. I think it was Heineken or Carlsberg asked him to do like a you know like a like an eight hour set or whatever, and like a, in a club. And they, I think they live streamed it and stuff. And he was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So it was like on the mixing desk or whatever, like beside about a table. It's like they kept putting like bottles of of whatever beer it was. And he was like, oh, this is brilliant. Get get to drink some beer while I'm uh, while I'm DJing. So like a few hours in. He's like had like five of the beers and like someone keeps coming out and replacing them with full beers and he's like getting drunk and he's like Jesus, pretty had a, had a good few beers now and then eventually one of the producers had to come over and pull him to the side and be like, Hey man, uh, you keep you keep drinking the beers. We just we need full beers in the shot because that's what's sponsoring the event and you keep picking them up and drinking them. Please stop. <laughs> and he'd had like six <laughs> beers. He was just locked to the rest of his DJ set. In fairness, what was he supposed to do? What did they think was going to happen? I know, I know, an Irish DJ like, <laughs> but that would have that would have been me with the monster. I would have been hyped out of my mind after like my sixth monster. <laughs> Just thrown the trophy into the crowd. Yeah, yeah. At a classic esports stream moment as well, where uh, uh, when he picked up the trophy after winning, the trophy like fell apart in his hands, and he almost dropped it. Always love to see that. Creepers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um. All right, well, so DreamHack, uh, very positive there. Uh, I didn't watch it myself, but I'll probably go back and watch some of the some of the vods now. Um, sounds like I'd I'd really recommend it. Go back and watch your man Aaron Girdlers, uh, the the Team Clover players. Would recommend that to any listeners as well. It was it was a masterclass, to be honest. Sweet. Uh, okay. Uh, so then, what else have we got here? What else do we want to talk about? Uh, my I went to WPNQ preliminaries. Is that is that all we have left? I think so. Oh, no, no. We wanted to talk about um, the formats announced for the Players Tour. Oh, yeah. Very important, yes. So oh. it's very relevant to Al because it's the Players Tour that he is qualified for um, oh, yes. in Copenhagen. And so for that round of Players Tours, Wizards has announced very controversially that they will the format for those uh, tournaments will be modern and standard. So no draft at all. No limited. And it's being renamed to Players Tour Alan Harrison. Yeah. Because this is amazing for you, Al. I can't believe you got this lucky. <laughs> oh, yo, this oh, fortune favors the brave. Uh, this is this, this is very lucky. Yeah, this is very fortunate. Um, and even even before, the, weekend before this, the week before this announcement, I was like, well, you know, I don't know what the format is, but I'm sure it would be limited. Maybe if I just jam a whole load of um, uh, guilds uh, you know, draft on Arena, uh, that'll help me get better limited because I'm terrible at limited. Uh, or I think comparatively, comparatively terrible and limited. And um, turns out, no, I don't need it. There's just going to be no limited. Modern and standard. It's going to um, gonna be the best deck and crush them. Easy games. Yep. So, and uh, yeah, I guess we're going to be playing a lot of standard the whole time too. So we should be able to help test. And I could be grudgingly convinced to play some modern, I suppose. Yeah, I know you might be forced to play some modern if uh, if either one of you two qualify on... On the 43rd BTQ next week. The, um, the 7th of March. 7th of March. Cool. So um, whoever wins that has to help me test. Modern. 
Um, I've been so I've been, I've been doing some leagues, playing some Eldrazi Tron, and uh, it's been going mediocre. Tree twos and then a two tree, not um, with Madari shapers and I don't know what two trees are playable in modern. Is there any two trees in modern? Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. Reflector mage. Yeah, well, there's there's ooh? reflector mage. Reflector mage. Oh, oh, very good, very good. Ah, no place anymore. Whatever plays. This two four. This uh, the green dryad enchantment creature from uh, Theros Beyond Death. And it's taking things very unfortunate. And this is a uh, God. What are these two cards that it is together? Um, it's, a, it's a two four and a prismatic omen. Prismatic omen, yeah. Prismatic omen, and yeah. And uh, yeah, play extra lands in turns. Um, yeah, this is so. This is just made all of the uh, the, the bad good or the titan decks insane. Uh, there's yeah, the titan. There's some uh, bad good variants. There's some variants as well with uh, field of the dead. So I guess. Yeah, kind of looking at the format straight away. So, you know, when when those other decks do well, you don't want to be on Tron. Uh, I just jumped in on a Eldrazi Tron, which I guess I mean as a deck, it's it's something that always feels kind of it always just feels like you're just playing two decks just crammed together with Eldrazi Tron. You just have some you, know, you just have some draws where you're playing your favorite creatures or some other draws you're just kind of getting Tron together. Um, but uh, I guess the innovation that kind of these decks are playing at the moment now is uh, you're, you're playing one forest and four. Uh, once upon a time, which has been quite good actually, because I feel like you your your post starts, you know, as I suppose, yeah, once upon a time, we have played this before in the Green Tron. Uh, once upon a time, it's a lot of sense in Drazi Tron because sometimes you just need a single Eldrazi Temple to uh, have they make your beat over hand into a busted hand. Uh, I've had lots of starts there where I've had like two Eldrazi, tem- Eldrazi Temples and a turn two Taunt here, you know, just like uh, 2015. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good like in 25 I've again. Been- I presume you're playing like the pain lands as with the green pain lands as well. No, actually not. No. Oh, I would have thought you'd play those for the ones. Yes. Well, I don't know. No, I mean, I suppose. I mean, it's just having to. to no, I suppose you're. Yeah, you're not in too much trouble if you draw once upon a time later on. I guess kind of you're you're doing the strategy in order to have your start be very very boosted. Um, and then I think sure. if you're drawn, you know, if you're on a making, I mean, you can you can uh <laughs> you can ghost quarter on your own lands to go get your your parts. Very but, true. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can do, do that, but um. Uh, Dave Wolfie, like this, I've been playing Sky Sovereign Council Fagship in the side. Yes, love it. But um, not that great, but it's yeah, you kind of, I was just, I mean, need to get off Karen. Uh, so yeah, really, it's pretty good. I, I played that in the uh, the tournament I won with Eldrazi Tron on Magic Online. Oh, my and my uh, modern challenge winning list, no problem, no, uh, no big deal there, but no, it's pretty good. Yeah, that card's pretty good. What? Good against Jund. Yeah. Okay, okay, I was okay, like, yeah. What is it good against? Yeah. Yeah, just like Jund and mid-rangey creature decks and stuff like that. It's just it's just a nice yeah. card. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've played a few different variants. Yeah, like I said, I've been doing kind of middling with them. I think, I mean, I've been making some mistakes. I, my my sideboarding hasn't been great, so something I can, I'll work to improve on. I can see there being room. I mean, I think, you know, there, there's there's there, and there's also room for these decks to be tweaked. Um, so I think I'll keep on going with that. But in the meantime, I think I will try uh, some other decks. Uh, I got crushed by Neoform. Uh, they turned one beat. Um, and that made me want to play the sec. Like Neoform, like, you know, if you're going to be playing the PT against uh, players that are better than you, you know, you just, you know, why not just cheese it out on turn one? So, like, I think the thing is that at the regional players tour, I don't think you will be playing people that are better than you, to be honest. Like, oh, that's true. <laughs> like, if you make a deep run, then you will. But I think on average, mm. the, you know, the players are going to be about as good as you. Yeah, presumably. Presumably they, they got there the same way I did. So, um, yeah. Uh, I guess it's not I, I can safely I can safely say that nobody got there the same way you did. <laughs> Very true. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, 
are you overall you're happy with this announcement? You're happier that oh, yes. it was draft, right? I think so. Then, like, I mean, I was, I was looking forward to jumping into a. You know, I was jumping. I was looking forward to having to figure out a new draft format uh, early on. You know, kind of yeah, I early on in the format. But I guess yeah, at least now it's going to you focus more on yeah, constructed. I mean, I, like I don't see modern changes all that much uh, unless there is bands. Hopefully, I'm kind of hoping there are bands because the format <laughs> the format's not great. Mm. But um, yeah, I guess it's and, and determined so far away. It's Maybank Maybank holiday. So uh, plenty time. So plenty yeah, time it's, it's time. I hope there are bands as well. To be honest, yeah. Would yeah, that yeah. be after the release of Ikoria? Um, I don't know. Soon it was. Yeah, I think it's this is an April step Ikoria, right? Yes, it is after the release of Ikoria. Okay, so you'll have a new standard format to figure out at least. I mean, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah, I so interest I you in uh, Reduke Sultai list that he put up on CFB a few days ago? Oh, I was actually thinking of trying something like standard. Yes. Um, no, no, in modern. Oh, oh, and then Morgan said, Uro and Liliana of the Veil is a combo. Is this? Yeah, you discard your Uro. You discard other stuff. <laughs> Replay your Uro. Of course it is. Sure, yeah. Pretty great. Jundi, 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 Yeah, that sounds pretty good, actually. You think of your Uro. Uro is a very good card. I actually yes. haven't seen too much Uro on, on, uh, on water so far. What I've seen a lot of, yeah, I've seen a lot of Titan ships, a lot of, um, or Titan decks. Not necessarily a, lot of, a lot of the Titan decks are playing it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe against, uh, Dredge with uh, the bull, what's it called? Big bull, red bull. So Voganus. Voganus. Uh, Ag- Agonus. What is it called? Yeah, I think that's oh, it's a... ox of. That was okay. That was oh ox of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. It's not a bull. It's an ox. Well, bullocks. Uh, well, that's what I said when they cast it. I said, oh, bollocks. Got <laughs> lots of them. <laughs> lots of lots of uh, dredge placement effects. But they're drawn three card five cards into a total of. Um, but yeah, so I think yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm happy just to explore the format. Maybe I'll play I'll play a few decks. Um, let's be honest, I probably will end up playing the Jassy Tron. <laughs> but uh, if, if something changes between now and then, which which I'm sure it will, uh, I will be uh, doing some other nonsense. I think before they have a players a series of players tour in modern, they will ban once upon a time Veil of Summer and maybe Field of the Dead. Yes. Is mm, yes. Is Veil of Summer not banned in modern? It is not. It is completely legal. Oh my god. Yeah, the format is absolutely in a bad place. <laughs> yeah. Is Oko pretty good at the Oko? No, Oko's banned. Oko's banned. Oko's yeah, banned. but they they didn't remove the other cards at the same time for some reason. Okay. Well like yeah, it's almost easier if it's just those three cards banned in every format. Yeah, it's really funny. Um Once Upon a Time I can still see like existing in modern. Once Upon a Time is like one of those cards that's like you can it's like re- obviously ridiculously good, but it's one of those cards that you're like that. That kind of makes sense in modern. Like there's other extremely unfair things. Um, but Veil of Summer, no, definitely not. Uh, Once upon a time is uh in the last modern challenge is the most played card in modern and was in forty percent of the decks in the modern challenge. Yeah, no, that yeah, that should be <laughs> as well. <laughs> I, Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> that's not a card that should be represented very highly. Yeah, it's Gataxian Probe. It's it's all those cards basically. So yeah, they should definitely just ban it. Yeah, if you look at like any of the higher level events, the prelims or the challenges or what, or, and the SCGs and stuff, it's the most popular card in modern now. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's, yeah it's that's, it's, it's cool. like a splash in one forest for <laughs> Well, that's my modern experience. Uh, hopefully, I'll get more experience and do better. Um, and uh, take out PT. Don't have to worry about. Don't have to worry about fumbling my uh, first feature draft. Yep. Nice. I, I mean, to be honest, I kind of don't even want to qualify for this now that it's just modern and standard. 
it's great. No, I would. Yeah, sure. I loathe modern. I hate it so much. But it might be good. They might. But what if they just ban like twenty cards before this pro tour? Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't own any modern cards. That's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. I own Grixis Death Shadow and Blue Moon. If you want either of those. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, something. Why? What? Are, are there no Blood Moon decks in modern at the moment? Like, is that not? Should should that? No. Have you heard of uh, Arkham's Astrolabe? Uh, yes, I have. So yeah. Yeah. All all the four color decks now play exclusively basic lands in Ar- Arkham's Astrolabe in modern. So Blood Moon is pretty dead. Okay. All right. that's, that's so tilting because I, I just got Retro Blood Moon. Just I'm like, why are you playing this deck that obviously Blood Moon is very good against the Dragon Drawn? It's good against Valakut as well. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, like Primeval Titan style decks. But do you know what card you can get off once upon a time? Magus of the Moon, the upgraded Blood Moon. Oh. So yeah, people are playing that more than Blood Moon at the moment. I think. Okay. Oh my god! I, yeah, I don't. I actually saw that in the list, and I was like, "Why do they that? Why do they Magus instead of uh, yeah, instead of instead of Blood Moon?" And then yeah, it's because you get it off um, once upon a time. Oh, it's so dumb. That would be one of the pants shittingest openings an opponent could do to me free once upon a time and to get a magus of the moon into their hand <laughs> it, on the spot into mountain simian spirit guide simian spirit guide magus of the moon well like i, I said I, I lost turn one to um you know pre-game reveal to chancellor of the tangle i'm like who let me read this card um that was not a pleasant experience wait what does that do is this is this the neo form deck it, it yeah adds a mana to your mana pool oh in your, yeah first main phase so then yeah you just allosaurus rider turn one and then you discard, you can use the XI your two chance to the uh source rider. It's a combo. Um then you um yeah, then you manamorphose change the color of your um your mana to blue or blue green and then neoform and then win the game. Sounds great. Hey, wait, how do you win the game? I don't understand how neoform works. <laughs> you make a gristle <laughs> so brand, you know. then you then you draw your whole deck, and then you play Lab Maniac and draw a gristle brand yeah. again. Yeah. You you can you have like autochrome, what's it called? Autochrome worm, big mask worm. Yeah, yeah, you play Nur- Nourishing Shoal and big green yeah. creatures. So you exile them with Nourishing Shoal and gain like 15 life. Uh, draw 14 cards with Crystal Brand, do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I understand. And then you have yeah, a bunch of stuff that makes mana, free mana, and the, to cast a Lab Maniac. Yeah, and then once you have your old deck around, you have like, you have Pathification. Also, you have some Pact to go get them. Sounds like absolute nonsense. I love it. I'm literally going to fire League with it now, see how it goes. And obviously, this is a one deal. I, I obviously, it's not this consistent. Very the, the, the match where I got crushed by it, it may not happen to me, but um, I, I would like to give it a go. I, I think I think you should try burn because burn is good when people are just going down a degenerate rabbit hole, right? I think it's just too slow these days, to be honest. Burn, I think it's just always a turn too slow. Yeah, but it's quite consistent. Yeah, but like, so is Valakut. And that wins a turn earlier and puts a primeval titan into play on turn three. But it's also, I mean, I, okay, maybe I'm just projecting my own thoughts because I don't know how to play modern decks, so I like the ease of play. I know that I know that I'm understating it, or burn is not like necessarily an easy deck to play, but it is a bit easier than a combo deck. Mm, I think Valakut decks are easier to play, like Titan decks are easier to play, in my opinion, than burn is probably. Okay. Would you say, um, I, I haven't actually played it, but I assume Amulet Titan was harder. You got more choices and stuff. Yeah, Amulet Titan's very difficult, but like, I think most people aren't even playing Amulet at the moment because the the Dryad, the new Dryad just made the Valakut plan so reliable that there's, 
there's probably just no reason to play Amulet. You can just play play Valakut. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I saw a version that wasn't even playing when he went. It just had, it just had, um, yeah, it was blue green and then had Valakuts and then uh, yeah, just relied on the uh, on the two four. So dumb. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about modern as we as we go along and get closer to that player's door. Um, and then before we finish, let's talk about the WPNQ that I went to. Uh, Sweet. So yeah, I went to uh, well not not WPNQ uh, preliminary for a WPNQ. So local shop gamers world. This is the same same WPNQ uh, or like it's qualifying for the same one that you that Kieran qualified for last time. Um, and this was just their second round of preliminaries. As we mentioned before, uh, there are no pass downs for qualifications for this so if you just want to play in every single preliminary and dream crush then you can do that uh because i wasn't at the first couple i don't know if there was anybody at these ones who has who was already qualified i think there might have been one or two people um i do know that some a lot of people played both the other day uh but but we actually had big ones uh bigger than last time so we had 17 for the first one and 13 for the second one so I think most of most of the thirteen for the second one were like the nine who didn't qualify from the first one, uh, which included myself because I finished last in standings after uh, at the end of the the first one. I was seventeenth place with one point. Oh my god! In fairness, I did instant concede the the last round. So, but you rallied in the second tournament. I certainly did. Yeah. So I played uh, I played team reclamation for both. I minorly changed my lists in between. Uh, I don't remember what I did. I put an extra Storm's Wrath back into my deck, I think, for the second one. Uh, I don't remember 100% what the change was. But I, I, I changed like two cards, I think, from uh, between my main deck and sideboard between the first one and the second one. But uh, yeah, I was running a kind of a stock um, Team of Reclamation deck. I expected more blue eye control, but still a couple of mono red. Um, and I expected probably some mirrors, but maybe not that many. But yeah, it turned out that on the day there there were a few people playing Reclamation, like maybe three or four. Uh, there was a lot of blue-white, and then I think there were maybe two or three mono-red players, so it was like primarily blue-white. Uh, and a couple of Jeskai Fires as well, actually. Um, so I between the two tournaments, I played against blue-white, I think, four times in eight rounds. Uh, so that was a pretty good call. Uh, in the... I think I beat every blue-white player that I played against. Uh, nice. Yeah, except, no, sorry, one in the first tournament I drew against one of the Blue Eye players, but I think I was in a position to win uh, when we drew. So, yeah, that was it. And I honestly blanked the first tournament out of my head, but <laughs> the second tournament I played against Blue Eye Control the first round, was able to win that. Um, very tight games, uh, but the my opponent in the second game didn't get to a second blue source uh for too long so i was able to just uh run away with it by just getting in too many too many spells that couldn't be absorbed or whatever um like i was able to play like nightback ambusher and stuff and then in my second round i played against uh reclamation mirror and that was against mark and uh beat him there as well um in my third round, I was able to... Uh, so my intention was to double ID, uh, because once you're 2-0, then double ID just locks you for top 8. 
Uh, so I did ID with my third round opponent who was on blue white, and we didn't we didn't play because I was like, no, I'm not, I'm really not bothered to play anymore. Uh, and then in the last round, I was paired against a monorail player who I had actually played in the last round of the previous one as well, or maybe the third round of the previous one, and he had absolutely destroyed me. Monored, not a good matchup for uh, for Team Reclamation, and especially for me, I had cut Storm's Wrath because there was so much blue white uh, that I, I I know Storm's Wrath is like fine-ish against blue white. You can use it to kill Planeswalkers, um, but yeah, I had cut down on the numbers of Storm's Wrath because I I didn't even find it that useful against Monored because they often have Anax, so um, I thought it was just better to try and win fast. Uh, so yeah, the the Monorail player had absolutely steamrolled me, but uh, I played against him in the final round, and he, he wanted to play, basically. Uh, so I, I considered conceding, but I was like, ah, we'll just play because it's going to be fast, and I was able to win that one, so I finished first after standings, uh, or first after the last round, and uh, that was fun. So now I'm qualified, and looking forward to the WPNQ. I don't know if I'll run back Team Reclamation. Uh, it's in two weeks, so I have time to try other decks. I want to try teamer clover want to try simic flash so one of the other players pablo um good spanish player lives in ireland and uh he brought uh simic flash that's actually what he, i played against him in the first round of the of the first one and he absolutely trounced me so it was like traditional simic flash with the uh, nightpack ambusher and stuff and he was saying that like it just absolutely destroys reclamation and blue eye control uh struggles against monored but obviously can win like has a probably has a better chance of winning than standard team reclamation does in game one at least um because you can just sometimes be aggressive with your nightback ambushers and what have you um and then get in a key counter or, or whatever on a uh, on an ember cleave so i lost against him in the first round of the first one and he he just he did he two owed that one and then double drew into the into first seed or first place i think um so I think that's worth exploring. If there's a lot of mono red, then that's not a good deck to be on. But if there isn't, then I think it's quite good. It's probably fine against Teamer Clover as well. So those are probably the two things that I want to investigate the most going into the WPNQ. But uh, overall, it was a fine experience. Um, it was unfortunate that I, like I expected the tournament to be much smaller. Like the, basically, you would only need one to two wins to top eight. But uh, didn't turn out that way. Um, and I don't like this system where invites don't pass down uh or i think that if you're already qualified you maybe you shouldn't be allowed to play or something like that i don't know uh so i think wizards needs to address that in the future yep i would agree with that i kind of like i was half thinking like oh will i go in and play this ones even though i'm already qualified i'm like well i mean i was having a nice lion so that was good but also then like another part of it was like yeah i don't think i want to do this to people who still have to qualify you know like if I like, what if like I had gone along and entered and then you know been paired against you? I probably would have just conceded to you because you're my friend and I want you to qualify. But that's just like so crappy on other people in the tournament too. Yeah, exactly. It puts you in weird situations. And I mean, some people do genuinely just want to want a dream crush because they want a smaller field at the final one, or they want to keep it so that uh, only like higher quality players are in it, or I don't know, whatever. Uh, or maybe they want to keep higher quality players out of it by beating them. Um, and I think that is kind of a fine motivation. Like that's if you want to do that, that's okay. Um, but yeah, knowing that somebody over the other side of the room conceded to their friend creates a feel bad, and um, yeah, it just creates weird incentives in the system. So I hope that they clean it up in the future. Yeah, totally agreed. 
Yeah, it's a system I just think doesn't fit um, your community besides it was either intention was to have a BTQ with like a, a cap, a player cap of whatever it was, 32. Um, but now it just created this strange, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, at least in the, in the, the prelims I've come across, it's if they, if people who'd already qualified weren't allowed to play, other ones wouldn't fire, which would make it even, which would make even fewer people be able to qualify. Yes. Um, I think if you have fewer right. players, it just doesn't fire. So yeah, that's also not good. Um, I don't know. I guess the system is is intended for bigger communities than ours, where you'll be guaranteed to have the players every time, and you're less likely to have the same players showing up to multiple. And even if you do have them showing up, then they're less likely to be taking all the spots. Like if if you had a thirty something player tournament or forty player tournament for each prelim, and then the top eight of those got to play the WPNQ, then that really feels like a quite an achievement. And it doesn't feel like many people, like there might be some duplication of spots, but not that much. Now, that said, in this system, I don't know how much duplication there has been either. Because, what, three three spots from the previous one were like, were taken out of contention. Three people qualified twice. And from this round, I don't know how many people qualified twice, to be honest. I didn't do the legwork to find out. So It doesn't matter. I'll do, I'm just going to crush everyone anyway. So Yeah, that's fair enough. Oh, fighting words. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so what do you two have to help you play modern? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a good chance I would just concede the finals just because I don't want to play modern. What? No, you, you will not. What are you that is about? bullshit. No, I won't. I won't. I'm joking. Nonsense. No. Honestly, though, I would actually consider it. God. Yeah. It's it's a slight consideration in my mind. Anyway. <laughs> that's, uh... I mean, actually, yeah. That's just, we don't even know what the top eight is of, um, of PT, right? So, I don't know if it's uh, equal, modern, and standard. Maybe standard is top eight. I mean, I would much prefer that. Yes, I mean, yes, you'd be playing more standard than modern. Well, like, okay, sure, but I, I also, I don't, I don't think I could possibly top eight a, a player store where modern is a component. Yeah, I mean, all you got to do is just reveal those chancellors of the drosses or chancellors of the uh, whatever angles before the game starts. Oh, I'll reveal chancellor of the dross, no problem. <laughs> All you gotta do is uh, is go ten five or eleven four, whatever it is, to requalify and cash anyway. So you can just top eight the one after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be better. I gotta dream big, guys. I, I wouldn't give up my chance. I wouldn't give up my chance to be on the player store. But uh, let's just say I'm not. I'm not 100 percent happy about this uh, this turn of events. But anyway, sure, we'll give it our best go. Oh, yeah. All right, and uh, I completely forgot to at the start of the show to shout out to inkgamer.com. So I'll do it now. Oh. Yeah. It's fine. We don't we don't need an ad at the top on the tail. Just you can just put it at the end. It's fine. Uh, if you if you want to go, if you want to get yourself a custom playmat with any old image you want on there, you can get the art of Chancellor of the Dross or Chancellor of the Tangle or Neoform. That's a sweet art. Grizzlebrand. Hello. If you want to get those on a playmat, actually, there's probably other ways to do that. But inkedgaming.com. If you want a custom playmat. Inkedgaming.com is the place to go. If you go to inkedgaming.com forward slash skullcrack or you follow the link in the show notes, you'll get 10% off your whole order. You can get loads of other stuff there too. You can get uh, dice, other gaming accessories, sleeves, things like that. They even sell board games. But uh, if you want to get a sweet custom playmat, inkedgaming.com forward slash skullcrack. All right. And that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Slada well, yeah. Goodbye.
what we have. We have a line versus wolf lined up, lined up, both up for you two boys. Um, spoiler alert, uh, he's upset some of the card names already because uh, this is uh, following the announcement of Kickstart. Kickstart? Jumpstart. Oh, jumpstart. <laughs> Dear God. Jumpstart. I mean, now, now I'm writing the words jumpstart. I don't even know why. I'm supposed to write down uh, wolf zero points, line zero points. Uh, are you ready for a quiz on unicorn cards? Oh, we have mentioned during the main show. Yeah, I was born ready. Oh, born ready for unicorns. So these, I mean, <laughs> fairness, uh, I had all these unicorns on the screen in front of me when uh, when Wolf mentioned unicorns earlier on. So I was able to rattle off uh, text of um, some of these cards as if I was a magic gathering god. Oh, uh, but I'm not. I'm just good at reading words. Wait, quick. Um, what's, the, what's the text of Arrowstorm? Arrowstorm. Oh, that's fine. Continue. Continue. <laughs> Uh, we, that text says David Wolf is great at Pygo. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, this time we'll start off with Wolf. Wolf, are you ready for your unicorn card? Yes. How am I going to do this? All right. This is um. Well, speaking of speaking of uh, good fortune, it was very good fortune that um the, the format that I weakest at was eliminated from the one PT I qualified for. Um, good fortune unicorn from Modern Horizons. Uh, can you tell me what this card does? It is a gold gold and common. It's a gold. Uh, green white. Uh, is it, wait, it's green white, is it? Yeah. Uh, what What do I have to give you? Just the text? The text or an approximation of the text. Yeah, the text. Fucking top card whenever you play an enchantment. No, what? I don't fucking know. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Card does. God, all right. Yeah, the line. What does the line have to say about Good Fortune Unicorn? Good Fortune Unicorn. Uh, is it a 3-3 three, three for 3? No. It's a, no. I've no idea. Oh, so whenever another creature enters battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on that creature. That's pretty good. So it was, uh, yeah, it was the, the limited archetype of that format. Oh, well, the zero for use. Uh, onto Kiron. Um, what we mentioned on the show, inspiring unicorn from Kills of Ramka. This is a, a creature I'm sure you've passed. The two white white for a two two creature unicorn. But uh, what does the text say on this one? Yeah, it gives your creatures. Plus one, plus one until the end of turn when it ETVs. Oh, not when it ETVs. No, when it attacks. Oh, oh shit. When it attacks. Crap. Oh, I will give you that one. What? No, no, I didn't get that <laughs> Okay, I want it. I mean, yeah, then suppose uh, Dave can't get it either because he said the. Mm, that's kind of. No, no, Dave, uh, you, yeah. he would have yeah. got it, so. Yeah. I'm magnanimous in my loss, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess uh, the next one we have here is from a, a recent set for Tim Wolf, Captivating Unicorn. Four and a white for a four-four. Uh, this is a creature unicorn from Theros Beyond Death. What does it do? Um, it has um, what's that mechanic called when an enchantment enters? <laughs> constellation has constellation. Yeah. Yes. And constellation. So whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Yes. Well done. Good work. Okay. Now onto uh, onto Kieran. This is one from uh, is that last year? Last year, two years ago now. Dominaria. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, this is our. Um, I'll give the questions slightly different person. I'll say this is a two mana two two at lifelink from Dominaria. But what was it called? What was it called? Um, this is much harder. Sorry, I realized that. <laughs> Mesa Unicorn. It's Mesa Unicorn. Very good. Oh, yeah. oh, that, that card was barely even playable. I don't know how I remember I'm, that. Because well, I always ended up with lots of them in my in my in my draft pool when I did edit my. Bottom bottom packs. That, that should be worth. Oh, that should be worth more than one point. I think that was a tough one. Yeah. Okay. One point five points. One point five. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, ooh, yeah, I just want to check which steps this one was in. This is another mediocre card which I always end up trying to play and not do well with. Yeah, this is um. Card liberated. <laughs> oh, you got me. Uh, right, well, this is uh, Unic- you know what the text Unicorn, li- Unicorn liberated. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I said it first. You just didn't hear me. Pretty right, good. Whatever. Pretty good. Okay. Uh, this is a uh, like un- unlike Karen. This is an artifact. Okay. Karen's an artifact. Uh, Opaline. Opaline, Opaline Unicorn. Yeah. Uh, do you want to discard those three mana for a one two artifact? Um, Opaline. Wait, when's this? Love it always on time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that song. Um, what, what set is this from? I I feel I I, I I know this card, but I can't think of the. Yeah, so it's printed first in Theros, original Theros. Okay. Uh, but then in a uh, conspiracy, take the crown. It's a three mana one two artifact. Yeah. Feck's sake. Um, it's half for one mana of any color. I don't know. <laughs> it does. Yes, yeah, very good. Uh, what? Let's go guess. No, it doesn't. It does. Oh my god. Half one of any color. I was just going off Max Opal. <laughs> oh, it's Opal line. Oh, very clever. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Opal line. <laughs> uh, all right, Kieran. This is uh, I mean, this is one. I'll give you this one instead of Wolf because Wolf said this one earlier on today. Lonesome Unicorn. Four and a white for 3-3. Three, three. This, this has a Adventure, three and a white, make a 2-2 two, two Vigilance token. Uh, that's correct, yes. I don't know what, is it a human? I don't know what, no, it's not a human. It's a, it must be a soldier. It was a knight. Knight. Okay. I mean, again, I'm, I'm just making scribbles and this posted other. Uh, we're here to have fun. <laughs> all right. Oh, you got some two two more hard ones. All right. Uh, this is uh, for David Wolf. This one's from uh, Wolf's uh, favorite set, uh, Mirage. This is Zebra Unicorn. Okay. Uh, two green white for a two two summon unicorn. What text does it have? Um, Zebra Unicorn. Uh, whatever. <laughs> is about the draw card. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, you're on. Zebra Unicorn. I'm gonna say. Uh, what is it? How much does it cost? So it's a uh, four mana, two green white, or a two two. I'm gonna say um, whenever it attacks target creature you control, can't be blocked this turn. That would be better, but no. Um, it says for each one damage every unicorn gate deals, gained one life. What? So, I mean, it's obviously it's before lifelink. Then it's kind of funny how so you know, before lifelink usually it was a trigger, but this is kind of phrased as if it's not a trigger, right? But then. Historical Dex has it as a trigger. Historical Dex is whenever um, Zebra Unicorn deals damage, you gain that much life. Yeah, okay. So it's likely for the trigger. But then, yeah, the way, the way the original text is phrased, for each one damage Zebra Unicorn deals, gain one life. Shouldn't, that it, sense. shouldn't it be a black-white card? This is a Zebra? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Well, <laughs> all these unicorns are green or white. There's no other colors. Or, or colors. Uh, oh, Kieran, finally, this one. This one has been errated. You name one creature... That was being errated into, you know, that, that's beautiful. Uh, Wishmonger. Wishmonger from Arcadian Masks. Uh, three and a white for a creature monger. Uh, can you tell me what it does? The four mana tree tree. Four mana tree tree from Arcadian Masks. Does yeah. it just have morph? <laughs> no, it does not. That'd be, that'd be good though. Uh, Wolf would you like to guess what this card did? Uh, but it was errated. To, it, was, it was a creature monger, but it was errated to a unicorn monger because. It's it's a unicorn in the art. He has he has a very strange hand with three fingers. 
looks like the hand from Abe's Odyssey. Abe's hand. Unicorns don't have hands. Well, I I know. <laughs> Very strange art. So hold on. The, the creature type now, the errata creature creature type is unicorn monger. Yeah. What in the name of God? Yeah. Uh, there are many other mongers. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you can search the, outside the game for a character that you can draw, you own, and and you can put in your hand. No, no, it's not. It's a two mana target creature gains protection from the color of its controller's. Sorry, target creature, yeah, gains protection from the color of its controller's choice at the end of the turn. Any player may play this ability. Oh, it's one of those ones. I think, um, yeah. So, oh, it seems like there is a cycle of mongers. In presumably uh, in Arcadia Masks. Oh, I see. And, um, and they do all have the activated ability um, that any player can do. There's a, a blue one, yeah, it gives, creature, <laughs> gives a creature flying. Very cool. Uh, Scandalmonger. Scandalmonger. Do you want to, want to guess what black one does? Scandalmonger. Scandalmonger. Draw a card. Oh. So it's a target player discards a card from their hand. Any player might activate this ability. Well, the, the, does the red one do one damage? It does. Yeah, because each. Is it Warmonger or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Minotaur? Yeah. Yeah, That's that was uh, the key card that I misplayed with against uh, Guido in the in that that Degenerate Chaos draft we did. Oh, yeah, I remember, actually remember that. Yeah, you, you didn't realize both players could do it? Uh, no, I, I knew that both players could do it. I was just an idiot and I didn't do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't manage each, player, each creature without flying and each player. Yeah. That's pretty cool, yeah. The Wishmonger. Yeah, a swellmonger is a green one, and um, oh, it deals with damage to each creature with flying. Ooh, well, wind. But anyway, nine versus wolf. Wolf has three. Kieran has two point five. Uh, so close. GG wolf doesn't get closer than that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like I like it if a listener listen back to all these line versus wolves and uh, recorded how often I just don't actually keep track of who has what points <laughs> every time. Yeah, I think I got it. This one's pretty close. Okay, all right. All right, well, that's, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.